Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Okay, y'all, you remember that collab we did with Daisy where we made those beautiful shirts that say allies of all size and we helped fund Daisy's expansion to larger sizes? Just wanted to remind you that those shirts are still for sale and you can use code SAF to get 10% off not only that shirt, but any Daisy brand shirt. Um, All of those proceeds, we get a little cut if you use our code and then all of the proceeds on Daisy's side go to expanding their sizes, which is really cool. Um, If you need a refresher on them, then just listen back to our fashion apps. All right, buy that shirt. I'm Sophie. I'm April. And this is She's All Fat, the podcast for body positivity, radical self-love, and chill vibes only. This week, we'll discuss queer bodies, soft physiques, and fat queer influencers. If you haven't guessed, I'm talking to Tobin Lowe and Kathy Two from Nancy. April, are you jealous or what? Sorry, I blacked out. I knew it. Okay, sending them in from her apartment two miles southwest of me. April's Obsessions. What is up, everyone? It's April, and I'm here with, you guessed it, a list of things I very much enjoy, a.k.a. my obsessions. Let's begin, shall we? My first obsession is Beyonce's Spirit video. If you haven't seen it, You need to go to YouTube right now, type in spirit, and just go ahead and be taken away. Um, If you don't know, this is a part of The Gift, which is Beyonce's sort of like concept album about The Lion King, but it's not the soundtrack. It's featuring a bunch of like African artists. So like everyone my mom is obsessed with, plus Beyonce, plus Pharrell for some reason, and then intercut with like clips from the lion king like it doesn't make sense but it is the greatest thing i've ever heard in my freaking life like it's like as if the album is made for me specifically like as a west african beyonce stand so spirit is like the first i hope of many music videos from this like concept album situation blue ivy's in it she's also heavily featured on the album she's coming for beyonce's throne and i couldn't be more excited um the spirit video honestly just took me away like it just it blew me away because it's just so striking like it's 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 almost like not what you think it would be because beyonce keeps saying the album is like a love letter to africa a love letter to africa but it's like it's not just african clothing and beyonce dancing in it like it's not like such a literal interpretation it's more like a variety of skin tones like it's about like skin tones like hair texture and just like the variety like there's so many different types of people shown in it and there's so many different types of like costumes like it's just it's such a like diverse representation of the album and not the classic just like Beyonce in a kente cloth like it's not you would think that but it's like she's past that like we did that on grown woman we're going somewhere else now you know what I mean and I'm so obsessed with it I've watched it like a million times we watched it at work and everyone was like i want lemonade beyonce back like i I, she's just doing this, this to get her oscar listen of course she's doing this to get her oscar and guess what we're doing we're giving beyonce a fucking oscar and i don't want to hear about it i like any beyonce that she's willing to give us period Right now on Twitter, when I'm recording this, a lot of people are talking about how the album sales aren't like normal Beyonce sales numbers, like they're lower. And it's like, yeah, this is niche. People don't give a fuck about Africa. <laughs> like, hello? It's the same thing that I'm always talking about, which is like nobody actually thinks about Africa and they assume that an African Beyonce album isn't for them. But I would just say, like, that's ridiculous. And also, I think it's fine that it doesn't do the same Beyonce numbers because she's doing a project that clearly she cares so much about and it means so much to 
so many people. And if that's not your, like, twerking, getting ready to the club music, like, go put on Sorry by Beyonce. Like, you have your Beyonce music. And she did something that's specifically for me, and I appreciate it. And it is what it is. <laughs> that is the that on that. My next obsession is this uh, tragic viral video going around, the Beat Shazam video. Okay, so apparently there's a game show hosted by Jamie Foxx where it's like, you know, the Shazam app where you can hold it up when you hear like a song at Forever 21 and they tell you which Swedish pop star song it is. So it's that, but in a game show. So they like play a clip and then you're supposed to guess it before Shazam does, I think. I think that's the game. Again, I I'm not clear on it, and that's beside the point. So there's this clip going around of this guy who, he's on the show, he's, like, super excited, there's a lot of money on the line. They um, they play the song, How to Save a Life, which, if you've seen any episode of Grey's Anatomy, you know what that song is. They play, like, a short clip from it, and he's like, is it How to Save the Life, Jamie? And then they pull it, they show it, and it's like, How to Save a Life. And then what happens after that in the clip, I truly will not tell you, because I don't want to take away the experience of watching this clip so go ahead and watch the beat the shazam viral video how to save a life go ahead and google it or maybe it'll be in the show notes and then just experience it and then just know that i had the same reaction and yes i am ashamed and yes i did cackle so that's that so that is my obsessions back to you so okay my obsessions this week i'm trying a new face oil it's called Less, L-E-S-S-E. It says it's turmeric and sea minerals. So far, so good. I'll let you know. Also, I know they are a sponsor of ours. They are not paying for this mention. Usually we, if there is a mention of a sponsor in an Obsessions, it'll be like, okay, this is a paid mention. We like disclose that. So this is not a paid mention, but I'm just like really glad that we started working with the Balm Cleanser company called Vanilla. Their stuff is so gentle and I'm really enjoying it for summer when I'm like super, super sweaty and gross. I have a bunch of Neutrogena face wipes on hand to take off makeup. And I also use the Glossier Milky Jelly to take off makeup, but I haven't been wearing a lot of makeup this summer because it's just too hot. And so when I don't wear makeup, the Neutrogena wipes can feel a little bit harsh for me. I know that that's probably just because I have sensitive skin, but um, I'm really enjoying the vanilla balm for the days when I haven't worn any makeup, but I need to like wash sweat and stuff, sunscreen off my face, always wear your sunscreen um, because it's just like very gentle. It feels good. My face already feels super irritated from being in the sun and like being sweaty. And that's my preferred summer cleanser right now. I also like the Clinique facial balm, like take off the day or something like that. But the vanilla one's a little bit to me, it's like it doesn't burn my eyes in the same way that the Clinique one does. Like they're kind of similar in form. Vanilla one's just nice. I'm enjoying it a lot. Let's see. What else? I picked up a perfume at Madewell this weekend. I'm liking it a lot. They have like four new perfumes that they just put out. I normally just wear Glossier U and that's still my favorite, even though I have other perfumes on my bedside table. My mom had a collection of perfume bottles, like vintage perfume bottles, and I have those there. Art ones, not like brand ones, if that makes sense. What I really wish is that I could wear citrusy perfumes, but they curdle on my skin. I don't know why. It's like something with my personal musk, I guess. But the new ones from Madewell smell really nice. I got one. I got the blue one, whichever one that is. And it smells pretty good. It doesn't last as long as Glossier U, which like really settles out well on my skin, but I'm enjoying it as like an alternate. And finally, um, I'm recommending all my friends and family in Southern California to please get some museum wax to put your valuables onto the shelves after those quakes that we had. I wasn't here for your them, but uh, I have like some milk glass that my mom and I collected when I was younger. And now I'm like busy sticking all of it down because I should have done that before, but I just kind of avoided the topic as most people do when faced with scary things. So Home Depot is literally back ordered on it, but you can get it a bunch of other places. Like I think Target has it too. I recommend getting some museum putty. It's like you just go in and ask for it. It's like um, sticky. It feels like clay. It's like clay basically. And you just put a little dab on the bottom of whatever thing you want to keep safe. And then you 
stick the other side of it onto the shelf. And it does come off if you want to move it or whatever. It's not like permanent, but it keeps it from knocking over when we have another quake because that quake was not on the San Andreas fault. So the big one's still coming. Obsessed with global (laughs) chaos. Okay, so speaking of sponsored obsessions, this week we do have a sponsored obsession. As you know, we only do these when it's something that I actually like because I in no world would ever like agree to talk for two minutes contemporaneously about something that I don't actually like. I make sure that all of our brands and products that we advertise for on this pod are something that either I personally love or I think would be like something that the family would really find use for or really like. And this happens to be something that I personally really love. Everyone knows I am a beauty jewelry junkie and I've been so excited to work with a couple of the jewelry brands that we've worked with on the pod. Here is one that I think y'all are going to be really excited about. I've worn my earrings from them a couple times in my Instagram stories and gotten like a bunch of questions. And I'm always like, hey, just wait till we have our code. (laughs) Like they're so cute. Okay. So we're working with Anna Luisa. Their saying is uh, jewelry for womankind, which means that they come from the high fashion world, but they want to bring that high quality to people at a more affordable price. So they offer earrings, rings, necklaces, bracelets, and anklets, which um, I'm going to get an anklet. I think anklets are coming back. Anklets are back. I never wore anklets because I could never find one that like fit around my thick ankle. <laughs> I will link in the show notes some of the ones that I'm really excited about. The pearl earrings that I got, they're like little cute pearl drops with like gold part at the top. I think they're really pretty. I think they're pretty classic looking, but like pearl earrings came back in a big way this year. In five years, I might put them in the back of my jewelry case, but I think I won't be throwing them away or like trying to reuse the beads from them like I do other, you know what I mean, like cheapish jewelry. And I also won't be too afraid to wear it because it's like too, too fancy, which I also have made the mistake of doing with nice jewelry. So they also have a Zodiac collection, which you know I love. They've got little gold hoop earrings with Zodiac images and um, they're all in stock, but the Scorpio ones are in low stock, which is a clear attack on me. So Anna Luisa, please fix that. They also have stacking rings. I also like that you can easily add onto your order a chain extender. I ordered like a chain extender on Amazon a while ago. I don't use it that much because it's too heavy for the for most necklaces. So I like that Anna Luisa allows you to like order one through them so that it's like going to go with the necklace that you order it with. And I also really like that Anna Luisa uses 100% recycled gold. Apparently, if you look into jewelry stuff, turns out, you know, I mean, everyone knows about blood diamonds, but apparently like gold mining, it takes 20 tons of mining to produce a single ring of gold. And that's like, I guess why a lot of brands won't tell you where their gold comes from. So I think it's really cool that Anna Luisa uses only recycled gold. Okay. So we have a code for you. Our discount code is SAF10. You get $10 off your order. And you can also go to the link, which is www.analuisa.com slash SAF. So if you want to match me, I'm going to link my really cute art teacher earrings and my pearl earrings and the anklets that I want to get and the extender in the show notes. So if you want to match me, go to analuisa.com slash SAF or use discount code SAF10 for $10 off your whole order. I think their stuff's really cute. It's like a very different vibe from the other jewelry companies we've worked with and I really like it. Okay. Honestly, I've gone on much longer about (laughs) this than we were paid to talk about because I actually like this stuff. So buy some Anna Luisa jewelry, support the pod, get yourself some cute stuff. That's the excuse you can use. AnnaLuisa.com slash SAF. Okay, moving on. Okay, moving on to our Apple Podcast review shout outs. Thank you so much to the following people for giving us a review on Apple Podcasts. One day we will be on new and noteworthy one day and that day I will eat 
my hat, whatever that saying means. Thank you so much to the following people. Softball underscore 04, Mary Beth M, Daw 5868, K8 or Kate Veranos, True Taurus 44, and JJ Loves Broadway. Good for you, JJ. Moving on to our Patreon shout out. Thank you so much to the following people who literally make this podcast possible. Um, obviously, we love our sponsors as well, but our patrons are really the ones who keep the lights on here. We use the Patreon money to pay Maria and Lynn and that's how we make the podcast. So thank you so much to Amanda Gleason, Caitlin Bagley, who is the Carlton alum who was in the team I Love Bread Mini so last week. Thank you, Caitlin. E. Ecker, Elaine Hancock, Beth Cooper, and Crystal E. Thank y'all so much. You are our bosses or our shareholders. Technically, should we be on a shareholder call? All right, moving on to correction slash news. I'm going to throw it over to Lynn for a little correction from last week's episode. Here we go, Lynn. Hey, family. It's me, Lynn, again, coming at you with some corrections from last week's episode. Correction number one. I am very embarrassed to admit that when I threw down that academic term, um, metrosexuality or like metrosexuality, um, not what I meant to say. I did mean uh, metronormativity, uh, which is the correct terminology for like the idea that urban spaces are more like accepting um, and like safer places to be, specifically like for queer people. But I was applying that um, outside of just queerness, and that is a term coined by Jack Halbertson. Uh, who writes a lot on this. So I'll link some articles to that. There's also an article that like just came out. Um, maybe someone was listening to the episode about like queer eye and like anti um, like rural sentiment or whatever. So I'm gonna link that too. And then my correction number two, also embarrassing. Um, in my obsessions, I was really excited about the new King Princess album, which I was like, oh, it's coming out tomorrow, uh, after, like, months of it, like, confusingly not coming out, um, and then it turns out that, uh, if I had read a little bit further into this, like, misleading Instagram post that King Princess posted, then I would have known that actually it was not the album, just another single, uh, which is good. It's called Profit. I, I figured that the album was called Profit. Listen, I'm not mad about it, but I am. I do love to be tricked by a queer icon. So thank you, King Princess. Sorry, those are my corrections. Back to Sophie. Okay, thank you for that, Lynn. Um, call for submissions. Please send us your brief thoughts on this season and suggestions for next season. We welcome any kind of feedback. Would love it to be, you know, kindly worded. <laughs> Uh, remember, we're people over here. I'm the one reading the inbox, but I would love to hear anything you want to hear next season, people you want us to interview, topics you want us to handle. I've heard from a lot of people they want us to do like religion and weight, which has been literally on the list since day one, but I have avoided it because it's a huge topic. So maybe we'll have to break that down in a few episodes next season. Could be cool. Send us your thoughts. Okay. Um, as always, we got to give a shout out to our Patreon Facebook group, which is an amazing, amazing community. Half the time when people DM me on Instagram and ask me like tough questions that I don't know how to answer, I just tell them to join the Facebook group because there's always people there who have an answer. There's librarians there. There's lawyers there. There's consultants of all kinds there. There's moms there. There's people helping each other out in all kinds of ways. And it's great to see. Um, so a few weeks ago, I went live on our group with my little sister, Isabel. We talked about black cats. We talked about plus size one more from Target. We talked about her cool purple hair and I go live in there every month. And sometimes people hang out with me and sometimes they don't. But the point of the group is I am available to those patrons because they are paying for that access and I'm there for you. So if you want more FaceTime with me, if you're not sick of me, join the Patreon Facebook group because I'm in there. All right. Also got to plug our extra segment for Team I Love Bread. This week, we did a little special segment with Kathy and Tobin from Nancy, who we're interviewing in the meat of it. Here's a little clip from that now. 
My favorite joke, which is so, it's such a dad joke, but uh-huh. I make it every single time you come into the office. Oh, Kathy this. comes in and goes, oh God, she pooped in the bedroom again. And yeah, I'm oh like, God. your girlfriend? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Okay. Let's get into the meat of it. The meat of it. This week in the meat of it, we are talking to two of my fellow podcast hosts who I'm so, so proud to call friends, Kathy and Tobin from the podcast, Nancy. If you don't already know, Nancy is an amazing podcast all about the queer experience and different queer stories. They're reported and they do stories and they are just so thoughtful and fun and good. I listened to Nancy for quite a while before getting the chance to actually meet with them. Um, April and I like cold emailed them, I think, and we were just like, hey, we love you. And since then, like now we're friends. And that's one of the cool things about this job. Kathy and Tobin have done so much for me to help normalize my experience of being bi and queer and just by showing lots of different kinds of stories as they explore the queer experience. Um, And I love how like personal their stories are and also how kind of gentle and open they are for all kinds of different experiences. So in case you haven't heard Nancy before, we've put together a little mishmash here of clips from some episodes of Nancy so you get a little intro to what uh, Nancy's like. We've linked all the episodes that these clips are from in the show notes and I hope you'll go over and subscribe to Nancy if you haven't already and follow Kathy and Tobin on Twitter and wherever else and join me in standing them. Okay, here are some clips from Nancy. Cynthia was preparing to give a sermon and she was nervous, which might seem odd for someone who had been a pastor for 25 years, but this sermon was different. Will I wind up taking a less prestigious position or a worse paid position in order to be in a place with a queer community? And do you feel frustrated that you might ultimately have to choose between your career and having like a sense of community like you want? I guess so. I hadn't even thought about it. I just accepted it as how things were. Um, Is that sad? Which I acknowledge is a privilege I hold, being someone assigned female at birth who can say, okay, it's safer actually for me to say she or her now. I'm moving away from that more and more. Okay. But it is something that happens subconsciously where I'll be talking about myself and I'll say she or her and then I go, I mean, them, me. Um, (laughs) So so I would just say that like if I beat myself up every time I did that to myself, I mean, it just wouldn't be helpful. And so I would advise the same to anyone who – misgender someone by accident, you're, you're making a mistake that is unintentional. And so I don't think there's a reason to beat yourself up. If you found yourself doing it on purpose over and over again, then I might say, like, you need to check yourself, mm-hmm. you know, and like mm-hmm. why you're doing that, actually. Yeah. Fellow queer Asian Bowen Yang, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. This is so exciting. This is huge. I was, uh, Tobin was greeting me and I, and I said, this is a big moment in queer Asian media history. When we started this interview, wherever Sandra is, she stopped and went, something's happening. Something's happening. <laughs> um, Sandra, yeah, the, the wind shifted. Work and check their spelling and write in their best handwriting. And, you know, we spent a few days on those letters. I think the Supreme Court should say that you're able to use the boys' bathroom. Because it is unfair that trans people are being treated unfairly, and it needs to stop. How do you feel about fighting for your rights? I think you should keep fighting for your rights. Sounds good, right? It is good. So now we'll move on to my interview, my chat with Kathy and Tobin about queer bodies. Here we go. I am here on the phone with two amazing other podcast hosts, Kathy and Tobin of the amazing podcast, Nancy. Would you guys, even though you don't need an introduction, would you please introduce yourselves? Uh, I would argue we need an introduction out of a very (laughs) tiny corner of Brooklyn. Oh, yeah. (laughs) 100%. (laughs) 
Kathy, do you want to go first? Sure. I am Kathy, too, and I co-host this little thing called Nancy with Tobin Lowe. Go, Tobin. Uh, and I am Tobin Lowe, and I co-host Nancy with Kathy. <laughs> and you guys are our podcast friends. So today we wanted to talk about something that we've like wanted to do an episode about for a while. The topic of our episode today is, what does a queer body look like? What is a queer body? What does that mean? And from you know my perspective, I'm going to be adding in some stuff about like being fat and and being like a cis woman. Those are like my identities. I'm white. And I want to know if you guys are comfortable adding it kind of a description of your bodies for us all to start with. Totally. Sure. Do we just jump right in and describe our bodies? Do it. <laughs> so I would say that I am a Asian person, East Asian person, female presenting, woman identifying. And wait, what, what are the other physical traits that... that just like, what do you, what do you, let's, let's explore it. What do you like to wear? How would you describe your style? Oh, oh, oh my God. What's my style, Tobin? Because Tobin dresses me sometimes. I would say that your style is sort of masculine of center. Oh, yes. Tends to be. Yes. You tend to wear things that sort of angle towards the sort of masculine presenting, whatever that means. But, you know, the sort yeah. of like the uh, leather jackets and the... Oh, T-shirts, button down t-shirt shirts, and jeans. Sort of those are my, those are, that's where my comfort lies in. I really enjoy a comfy T-shirt and some comfy jeans Love and comfy shoes. Comfort overall. Love that. I definitely think that I have a soft physique <laughs> that I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to make less soft. <laughs> Because I would like to feel, I like to feel stronger. Sure. <laughs> How about you, Tobin? Why don't you give it a go? Uh, okay, so I'm Chinese American, and I think it's an interesting moment to ask me to describe my body because it's something I've talked about on our show before. Um, sort of having body issues as a gay man and being in gay male culture. So I think had you asked me this question like a year ago, I would have said, "Oh, I'm." chubby or I'm, you know, I might have even used the word fat and I'm not just sucking up here, but truly listening to your <laughs> podcast. So yeah, you know, I'm, I'm like, oh, I have, I absolutely have straight size privilege and I can buy things in a store and, you know, so all of those sort of things. So I'm sort of like doing some reframing for myself about the influences on how I've seen my body over time and the, you know, the words that I use. So now I would describe myself as just sort of a medium uh, build, medium to small-ish build, but with, like, broad shoulders. I frequently knock things over with my body because I don't think I'm familiar with actually, <laughs> like, the dimensions. Same. Yeah, so <laughs> uh, that is, I guess that's how I would describe my body. And I, and I also have a little bit of that, um, like, it fluctuates over time as I have tried to go on different diets and tried out different workout yeah. regimens and that sort of thing. So I've done a little bit of the yo-yoing. Okay, great. And how do you describe your style, would you say, the clothes that are often on your body? I think that for a while I was very uh, boring J. Crew. <laughs> so like I used to walk into a J. Crew and look at a mannequin and be like, that, head to toe. <laughs> um and now I am going more towards uh, if Blossom moved to New York. Oh, my God. I think is more. <laughs> Blossom moved to New York. Yeah. I love that. Lots of overalls. I love, like, a, a one-piece, like, jumpsuit kind of thing. Huh. That's sort of, and, like, floral prints. <laughs> Oh my god. Like that seems to be the direction I'm going in. That's incredible. I love that vibe. That's Thank an incredible you. fashion vibe. Oh my god. Um okay, Thank you. and then people who listen maybe know what I look like, but I'll do I'll just play it anyways. I am white, I am a cis woman, and I am definitely female presenting. I am five six, five five, five six, which I thought it was like average height, but I think it actually 
like quote unquote average height in the US is like five three is what I found out when I was recording our mm-hmm. tall that true. Group. Yeah, isn't that wild? When I was recording, I, our- I was average height. <laughs> I know five five. Everyone, huh. I, I had I had no idea. I was like, what? Yeah, Anne Friedman was like, nope. I know. I was like, oh shit. Okay. Um, <laughs> I know. So uh, and I'm fat. I'm I've been different kinds of fat, but right now I would say I'm like probably mid fat, which is like. I have to buy all my clothes like at plus size stores, but I don't face the same um, barriers as people who are super fat, which is like uh, often like fat is more of a description of like, for me, it's more description of how I have to move through the world than it is really, mm. you know, a description of my body. Cause everybody has fat. Like that's what Kathy was saying. Right. You know, you're like, I've got fat on my body, right. but it's more like, okay. So right now the body that I'm in, sometimes I have to like, I can't fit in all booths and restaurants. I have to like watch for tables that can move. And I have to like get a seatbelt extender and a plane but I don't like I don't face it in every situation it's just I still get nervous and have to call ahead to different venue like theater venues Mm -hmm. and and stuff Mm -hmm. style wise like we just did a couple episodes about personal style and when I was doing our Patreon extra about it I was like okay I think really the truth is that I feel like when I'm doing outfits I often think of them as vibes like costumes that I'm putting on so Mm -hmm. I have like several different vibes that I cycle through Mm -hmm. (laughs) so um right now my favorite vibes slash costumes that I've been putting on are like athleisure LA cool girl I've been putting on a lot of (laughs) love it love (laughs) it bike (laughs) like bike shorts outfits those Mm -hmm. have been fun Mm -hmm. and then also I a lot of times I go for like kind of good witch which is like a lot of black (gasps) and accessories (laughs) I love that so much. That's great. And then my third most comfortable one the last year is queer toddler, which is like a lot of what is boxy. A queer yes, <laughs> it's like a lot of shorter alls with like boxy button ups. You know. Um, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna guess that it's not far off from Blossom moved to the city. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I agree. I think it's pretty close. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I wanted to ask, how was that experience for you guys of just describing your bodies, Kathy? Was it hard or easy for you? I think it was hard in that I don't feel like I have like the the words to say what I want to say. Besides, like, what I've seen or read in, like, magazines and stuff. Yeah. So that that made it difficult for me to say what I'm trying to say. Sure. What about you, Tobin? It's an interesting exercise because I think as a queer person, as a gay man, there's sort of, like, this moving target quality about it, which is, like, depending on the lens that I'm putting on to look at my own body, like, the, it shifts how I feel about it, right? So, like... There is a culture, I feel, amongst gay men of the ideal standard being this sort of, like, hyper-muscled, hyper-skinny, hyper, you know, in-shape, sort of insta-gay look. And then there's the other lens where, you know, you take into account how all bodies are and the, the much wider spectrum. And on that spectrum, I have to appreciate that I'm much more on the side of having a lot of privilege and having a lot of, uh, you know, being an able-bodied person who can buy clothes in any store, basically. Yeah. You know, that there's a lot of privilege to that. So, like, this is all to say that, like, you asking me to describe my body, I'm like, "Uh, from what perspective? Yeah. (laughs) You know, like, (laughs) it just, it feels hard to locate exactly how I feel about it, depending on, on the perspective. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up Quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's Quince.com slash upgrade. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. From which someone is asking. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that's why having familiarity with more terms is always helpful. I feel like how you feel about your body is very different from more functional descriptions, you know, where Mm. it's like, okay, what are the kind of stats that are useful to like communicate how you actually take up space in the world? And then that's a different conversation than how do you feel about yourself and how do you walk around and how do you present? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That's one of the reasons why I'm curious about talking about what a queer body means, because for me, finding body positivity and going through actually like feeling more embodied in myself, like not feeling like I was trying to escape my physical body all the time was a huge step in my realizing that I was queer, Mm. that I was bi, Mm -hmm. because it wasn't until I was more settled in myself and like, okay, well, instead of spending the last, like I spent the first like what, 23 years of my life being like, one day I'll be in a different body. So this one, I don't need to pay attention to that Mm, much basically. mm -hmm. And then once I was like, okay, I wonder what it would be like if I just sit in this one for a bit, I started finding out all these other things about myself and like, not, not in a like, and then I felt lust for women way, (laughs) but like it took, you know, then it it took like sitting in myself to be like, oh, I, I can recognize these feelings that are happening that are like, like I couldn't, I didn't see them or understand them. I didn't, I didn't really mentalize them until I was more comfortable with my physical self. Do either of you relate to that? Does that make sense to you? I relate to that so hard Hmm. because I, I actually, I talked about this a lot with my therapist for a while about how growing up, even in moments where I fully acknowledged that I was gay and then like I could say that sort of out loud to myself the aesthetics of what that meant were so heavily associated with like a queerest folk aesthetic or like uh, the bodies of, you know, like Will Truman or Jack on Will and Grace, yeah, um, which are white, thin bodies that I still felt like I wasn't actually a quote unquote real gay man because... Yeah. I didn't have that aesthetic. And so, like, untying my queerness from a certain type of body or from a certain type of presentation, that took a lot of time to really connect the dots on, like, Mm. oh, I don't feel like I count as a queer person because of the way I think of what it means to look gay or what it means to look like a gay man. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, that took a ton of work. And I, you know, still working on it. Yeah. I mean, that's how I, that's how I felt when I found Nicolette Mason, when I was like, Mm. oh, you can be like fat and queer and femme. I had thought before, like, oh no, I know that I'm like, I really tied queerness for women with like more mask presentation. Mm. And I was like, I know that that doesn't feel like me. Mm. So Mm -hmm. that must not be. And also I, a lot of the representation I saw of more femme like queer women, they were all thin and mm-hmm. white and I'm white, but I'm not thin. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, oh, well, I don't fit in this category. And like, I never, I don't think I would have said it like that. I wouldn't have said the sentence, like I'm fat, so I can't be queer. Like that wouldn't have <laughs> come out like that. But it wasn't until I started like following body positivity stuff and seeing like Nicolette or like, you know, now if I was following it, it might be my friend Jasmine J and being like, oh, you can be fat and queer in all kinds of ways. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, that that idea of like, uh, I'm, I'm interested in trying to, to pull apart how much of that is about presentation and style, how much of that is about like the internalized fat phobia I had, how much of that is about like how concerned I was with trying to apologize for my fatter body as much as possible by trying to fit into something, you mm. know? yeah. Well, and and Kathy, you went through a version of this, too, with sort of transforming how you presented and how you thought about how you presented. Well, I was trying to think about, I mean, yeah, there's presentation and there's, like, general body image ideas. Mm -hmm. 
And I was trying to think about where queerness goes into how I thought about my body. And for the longest time, maybe my entire, like, childhood adolescence, even now, for some reason, my ideal body type was that of an athlete. I just want, I've always felt weak and I've always wanted to feel strong. Mm -hmm. Um, Since I was a kid, I've just wanted to be stronger and stronger. And for me, that meant like becoming an athlete because athletes are strong. And so for a very long time, I don't, to me, it didn't seem like there was any crossover between queerness and, and just the, the want to be strong. And then and then I remember we had an episode of, of Nancy where, um, where I talked to Cameron Esposito, and she said, some, she said, like, a woman's value or worth in the society is based on their fuckability. And when she talked about that, I started to think about how there's, like, a, it's almost like a double-edged sword. Like, as a queer woman, I might not care as much about, you know, how I appear attractive or not to, like, a cisgender dude, right. for example. And so I can present how I want, free to present as masculine as I want, as, um, as feminine as I want. Um, it, it doesn't matter to me. But on the flip side, uh, the media messaging in the world tells me that if I am not fuckable by a cisgender guy, then I have no worth or value in society. And so I might be able to present very, quote-unquote, queer, not like a conventionally attractive person. Sure. And at the same time, be proud of that, and at the same time still hold a lot of, like, insecurity because maybe my worth in the world is not quite the same anymore. That's where the two things intersect for me when it comes to queerness and like my like body image. I feel that. I think for me, my fatness and my queerness right now are pretty inextricably tied because of how I came to terms with both of them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, whatever, bodies go through changes. If I, if my body changes, I don't anticipate this happening, but like if I became thinner or thin, I think I would have to navigate a whole different relationship with my queerness and with mm-hmm. my body. Because like part of what gave me permission to understand that I was queer was being like, I'm not filling the idea of like a thin straight girl. So what am I? (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm, if I'm not mm -hmm. that, if I'm not in the mold of what like I perceive like an an American dude, right? (laughs) As like wanting, then like, what does that give me permission to be? Not that like my queerness is tied up in, you know, whether or not men want me because it's, you know, it's not, but like discovering that did help me find that. I don't have to care about whether or not I feel fuckable. I can just figure out what feels right for me and then go from there. But it's weird how much it like, like, especially because I'm bi. And so Mm -hmm. like, I still do like men, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't like men, but (laughs) you know, know. um, really it was just an option opener for me. And it allowed me to stop being like, oh, I need to be, I need to make myself smaller so that I fit this kind of straight relationship, basically. Mm -hmm. Totally. Mm -hmm. Totally. Who Knows is a podcast created in an effort to pull back the curtain on the human experience. Host Taylor Dankovich has transparent conversations with tons of different people about self-love and mental health in our day-to-day lives. They talk about life, good and bad, and have fun doing it. In past episodes, Who Knows has touched on subjects such as race, religion, friendships, parenthood, gender, marriage, and a lot more. Who Knows is all about learning, growing, having conversations, and opening up to new ideas. Most of all, it's It's about knowing that not everyone has it all figured out and we should all embrace the confusion, support the people around us, live a life that we can love and take care of ourselves because we matter. Definitely a good pod for SAF listeners. Ready to start listening? Season three is coming September 3rd and it's chock full of interviews with creators, innovators, self-starters and entrepreneurs, including yours truly. So make sure to subscribe to Who Knows wherever you listen to your podcasts and follow them at Who Knows Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Who knows? Maybe it'll be your new fave. I love getting to tell you about our longtime sponsor, Undersummers by Carrie Ray. 
If you haven't heard, Undersummers are soft and comfy shortlet slip shorts. They will quickly become your go-to thigh-protecting panty for underskirts and dresses year-round. Plus, they come in sizes small to 5X. I wear my Undersummers on days when my HS is acting up and I need underwear that isn't too clingy and is very breathable while also adding a little barrier. Their super soft laces, fabrics, and trims are carefully chosen to make you love your thighs and their products come in tons of fun colors. Right now, Undersummers has new happy colors in stock. Bright green, neon pink, and happy stripes. My 80s workout vibe just got happier. OMG, and you won't believe this. Undersummers now offers leggings too. They're super comfy, cute, and functional all day, every day. Use our new code just for She's All Fat listeners, SAF, for $10 off your purchase of favorite comfy, silky, smooth, breathable, anti-thigh chafing slip shorts. That's code SAF for $10 off on undersummers.com. Care Of is a subscription service that delivers vitamins and supplements customized for your specific needs. If you're like me, maybe you need a little boost in the summertime, whether you're looking for energy, better sleep to maintain stress, or something else. Care Of has got you covered. And you don't have to worry about choosing vitamins yourself. Care Of has a fun and cute online quiz for that. You answer questions like, do you eat meat? What are your goals? Etc. And in five minutes, wazam! You've got a list of personalized, scientifically backed vitamin and supplement recommendations. Then, depending on your plan, you'll get daily vitamin packs and or protein powder sent right to your door, which is so much easier than driving somewhere. And if you're thinking daily packs, what about the environment? Fear not. The packets are now made from compostable plant-based film that meets the same safety standards, so your vitamins are kept fresh and sustainable. I loved taking the Care of Quiz because it's a quiz all about me and what I like, and the graphics were cute. And I really enjoyed that Care of is really transparent about, number one, where they get their vitamins and supplements, number two, what each one can do, and number three, like whether or not there's scientific studies backing each one. For 25% off your first Care of order, go to TakeCareOf.com and enter code SAF. That's TakeCareOf.com and promo code SAF for 25% off. I mean, I'm curious for you all. I mean, I can only speak for my own experience, um, but I feel like one of the things that makes it potentially more difficult for queer people to figure this out is that, like, at least for gay men, I find uh, that a real reticence or sort of just being bad at talking about it. Hmm. And I feel like it almost comes from that same assumption that allows, like, a lot of misogyny to exist with, with gay men, which is like, oh, we have an othered identity. And so just on that alone, we're accepting people. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And so mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. so then there's no way that we could be misogynistic. There's no way that we could not celebrate somebody else's body. And yeah. that sort of attitude prevents you from actually examining how it is absolutely just as present, just as present, if not more present, you know, in like yeah. gay male culture, for example. Yeah. Um, and so then it becomes very hard to talk about because there's an assumption that you must be open, you must be accepting. Yeah, I feel like a similar a similar vibe for queer men. Obviously, not speaking for all queer men, but in my in my experience and with the conversations I've had with past partners, everybody that I've ever come into contact with who's uh, a queer woman is very open and accepting of everybody else's body types. Mm-hmm. But it's almost like we haven't been able to exercise the the media messaging about what uh, an attractive woman is supposed to be. And so always, I feel like almost always privately, we're very hard on ourselves, but very open to how anybody else looks. Interesting. Like, I didn't realize this till just now, but I would say like most of my friends <laughs> in the like fat influencer world are queer, actually, who are women. Hmm. Like hmm. most of the friends, like the closer friends that I've made, like Carissa, Fat Girl Flow, and Jasmine, Jasmine J, and like Nicolette, uh, they're all queer, which is like interesting. I hadn't, mm-hmm. <laughs> I hadn't really clocked that before. Um, yeah. Okay. I also want to touch on the idea of like labels in 
the queer community that are about like body type for gay men. I know there's like bears, right? Right. <laughs> or, like, I'm right. not as yeah. familiar with this. <laughs> yeah. Um, and those like don't really exist in straight worlds. So what do you, why do you guys think that these like labels for different kinds of queer bodies have become useful or at least have happened? And do you think that for you, thinking about those labels like helps or hurts your sense of self when you think about queerness in your body. Mm. Well, this is like queer theory. <laughs> I'm, not a, I'm not a, not a queer theorist, but I do think that labels can be helpful for somebody who might not fit into their surrounding because it gives you a, an identity when you're not allowed to take the one that you think um, either you belong in or you just don't think you belong in a certain identity. So I think labels can be really, really powerful for folks who really claim those labels, like for the folks who identify as butch, for the folks that identify as femme, for the ones that identify, you know, as leather daddies, maybe like they're for some people, it can be really helpful for other people. It's not helpful because they just don't feel like any one label can can really describe everything. I think I tend to fall somewhere in between. Sometimes I, a label is helpful, especially when you need like a shorthand to describe yourself. Sometimes it's easier just to be more vague with a certain label. Like I, I like using queer because it's easier for me to just identify as part of the community and not have to go into any specifics. As for like why these labels tend to encompass like just how we physically look, I don't really know. Do you have any ideas about that? Well, I think some of them come out of, like, just, like, straight-up cruising culture, you know, like, looking for, yeah, yeah, et cetera, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. That's fair. That's fair. And then I think, well, I mean, to answer the other part of the question, like, I like labels when they help you feel a part of something. Yeah. Or sort of exist in the positive space of, like, being part of a community. And then I think I'm sort of against labels when they're used for gatekeeping, yeah. Uh, you know, like, you're not this enough, you're not that enough, yeah, you know, totally. you don't really belong to X, Y, or Z. And I, I guess just to speak to, like, the gay male terms and phraseologies, like, I'm all for, like, what I understand of, like, bear culture, because it exists in that positive realm of, like, naming something and saying, I like this, or, like, I'm part of this, or I am attracted to this thing that might have otherwise been coded in sort of like yeah. very, you know, Eurocentric thin standards as yeah. not attractive. So, uh, you know, again, it's that thing of like, I think I love labels when they help us move towards like people feeling like they belong to something mm. um, and feel accepted by something. I love that. Okay, I have a very uh, silly question. It's like, oh, please. A silly, silly <laughs> answers are acceptable for this. Cool, 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 cool. Okay. Do any parts of your body feel queer to you? <laughs> like if you're naked in a room, mm. like without clothes, without presentation, mm-hmm. without hair even. Like oh, not say even your hair. hair. Well, because hair is presentation, I feel like. Hair oh, is styling. Yes. I mean, and that we can argue that point, but like say you're 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 building yourself as a sim, right? And like you're in the stage where you're like choosing the different, like the different parts of your body okay Mm -hmm, say mm -hmm. you're like in a in a sim builder for your body which parts of your body feel located in queerness if any like (laughs) like is is there anything that occurs to you as like yes this is this feels like queer queer me well according to the l word (laughs) i'm pretty sure it's my what is it my middle and ring finger (laughs) Why Why those fingers specifically? I think it was the L word. Oh, my God. Am I getting that wrong? If one is longer than the other or something like that, then you're queer. And if it's not, then oh. you're not. Oh, I remember that. I remember reading that yeah. in, like, Seventeen magazine or something when I was little. Yeah, and then if they're about the same, <laughs> then, like, you're bi. That's so funny. <laughs> well, mine don't that's, fit that's that. Where, yeah, mine either, so <laughs> I don't remember. Oh, my God. I Maybe love that. Maybe it's ring. I think it's. Ring and index finger, actually. That's funny. I don't remember. I, I don't even know if it's the L word. I don't know. But that's what I thought of. Oddly, the first thing that came to mind for me is the weenus, which <laughs> the is... Weenus? Which is the skin on your elbow yeah. that allows you to bend the elbow. Yes. And my the reason I think the weenus is queer is because... <laughs> The rest of society might look at that skin and be like, it's weird. It's different. Why is it there? 
Oh my god. Actually, you can't bend that shit without the weenus. Wow. Like the weenus is so important. So true. For function, for style, for all things in life. And what is more queer than something that on its face (laughs) cis hetero culture might be like, why do we need that? And then here's the weenus. Like here's the weenus. We stand a multi purpose icon, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Why is it called the weenus? I don't I have know. no idea. I would love to find out. <laughs> wow. It was definitely a gay person that, that invented that word. It was like, you know what would be funny? Oh, my God. <laughs> Do you hear that, everyone? Your weenuses are gay. You got a gay weenus. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's oh incredible. I love that. I feel like my... Wait, what about you? What, is, what part of your body is queer? Um, I feel like my clavicle is queer. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I just feel like, um, I feel like I started showing it off a lot more when I, again, it's tied to that thing of like accepting myself where I'm like, oh, like, mm, yes, I feel very chest forward when I feel sink into my queerness for some reason. Mm-hmm. And, um, also my fingers, I don't mm. know. I, I feel like I always like wished I had long, elegant fingers because oh, my mom has, yeah, my mom has long, elegant fingers and so does my sister and so does my best friend. And I always like, when I am imagining the version of myself, that's like in a Jane Austen novel and like plays piano and like, you know, whatever is modest and like entrancing because I read poetry or whatever. <laughs> It's like, (laughs) I have very long fingers in that and just like, you know, so delicately turned pages. And Mm -hmm. my fingers are not like that. They're like short and chubby of like baby hands. And I just feel like, I don't know. Now I, I, for some reason feel just like, okay, my, my hands, my hands are the things I use to do stuff and they're good. And Mm -hmm. They feel queer to me. I don't know. Like I said, it's silly. It doesn't have any particular <laughs> mean very much. I don't know. Also, no, maybe my it. calves. I, I feel like my calves are queer. Maybe because they have like now. They, now I let my hair grow on my legs, so they yes. feel very queer. Yes. You know. <laughs> yeah. 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 In fact, those um, gender norms, whatever they are. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Anything that's like not maybe my stomach too. Anything that's not me like sucking in. You know. Mm-hmm. Like feels more queer. Anything that's more like, uh, I'm just standing here mm-hmm. or whatever, <laughs> you know? Yeah, totally. Can we talk about queer and different kinds of bodies, like representation in media? Mm-hmm. Like, have you guys seen queer bodies or and or fat bodies or and or you know medium sized bodies that you feel like <laughs> represent you and like what made you feel seen about about those or not? So a recent example for me, which I was really excited to see, was Nico Santos in Crazy Rich Asians. Yes, he played sort of like the gay cousin who's fabulous and he is fabulous. Was a scene stealer mm-hmm. and also like had a kind of body that I recognize that I like have not seen as many gay men portrayed as. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I was excited to see that. I I think it is also one of those complicated things where, like, if you have multiple identities that you're sort of on the watch for in media, it's like, oh, they're really delivering on this one level, but not on this level. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's true. So for that Nico Santos role, I was, like, so excited to see, like, a queer Asian person who wasn't, like, hyper-thin or hyper-muscular represented. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then also was like, but why can't he have his own movie? Why why does he only appear to, like, move along this heterosexual relationship? Yeah. But, you know, still, I will take it. I was so excited to see him in that movie have that moment. He was great. He was lovely. I don't know that I've seen myself uh, in the media yet. I feel like right now, queer women are still presented as very feminine and very, I guess, just like very passing. That that for a very long time in the media has been just the way that queer women are depicted on the screen. And I want to say that's probably because they're mostly played by straight women. And if they're not that, then they're usually hyper-masculine. It's like these two boxes you have to fit into. There's not as much of a spectrum like you see in real life. Like, in real life, most of my friends fall in the middle. I don't have as many friends who are, like, hyper-feminine or hyper-masculine. And I fall in the middle, too. And I don't think I see that 
as much. I can't really think of as, I mean, Asia Kate Dillon is great, but they identify as non-binary. Yeah, I don't know. Well, it's also, I think we should say, like, the representation of, let's say, butch women or, like, high femmes are often set up in opposition to each other. Mm -hmm. Yes. So, like... A character who is femme very rarely gets to just exist as femme and not have their queerness, like, questioned. Or mm. in this way that, like, there's usually a joke about, oh, lipstick lesbian, or you're you're so... Like, yeah. it's, it's made a narrative point. Like, a femme woman can't just be femme and be queer and not have that questioned in some way. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think on the opposite side of the spectrum, usually if there's a butch woman in something, like their butchness is made a butt of a joke or yeah. that sort of thing. And, and the, the majority of, of the representation for queer women on screen, anyways, is almost always um, still through the lens of a cisgendered guy. It's always still what... It's almost like a pared-down version of, of what you would see in lesbian porn. Yeah. <laughs> or made for a straight guy. Yeah. It's still two very uh, passing women, straight-passing women who are into each other. And, like, I wish we would break out of that. Obviously, that's not the only thing that's out there now. There, uh, Like, outside of um, mainstream entertainment, there's more and more stuff coming up in YouTube, web series, that sort of thing. Um, but if we're talking about, like, mainstream entertainment, it's still largely mostly that. Yeah. A lot of times, uh, fatness on women is portrayed as, like, desexualized or, like, from a, a male's point of view, right. you know? Yeah. Like, it's desexualized or it's aggressive, you know? Yeah. And so it's, like, I don't see a lot of, especially, like, I don't think a lot of bi characters are on screen, mm-hmm. it, except mm-hmm. if it's, like, you know, honestly, the more, the more, most bi characters are on kind of, like, freeform shows, (laughs) you know, (laughs) and then I'm like, well, I'm not a warlock either, so, (laughs) you know. Yeah, totally. Um, But what about that (laughs) warlock representation, though? They're really getting it. Oh, my God, so good. (laughs) Yeah. So Uh, good. I do want to shout out the character of uh, Fran on Shrill. Yes. Because, I mean, that actress is great, that her storylines were lovely and she like stole a lot of the scenes and everything but it just it is one of those things where it's like you see something like that a performance like that in the writing for that part and you're like oh it could be so easy for people yes. to just like put the representation in there and fe- and have it feel authentic and have it make your show better like you don't realize how insidious the tropes are until you see the opposite of that and are like oh you could just be doing this I just want Samantha Irby to have her own show to write, honestly, and, like, write mm-hmm. about <laughs> black queer women would be incredible, like, black mm-hmm. queer fat women. Okay, so do you guys have any things to bring up or questions that I didn't ask or things you want to touch on on to- the topic of queer bodies? What is a queer body? I mean, one thing I would like to shout out is, like, I think that writers and activists, like, Alok Vade Menon and Jacob Tobia are like really leading this discussion about fabulousness and queerness. Mm-hmm. Um, and this idea that like we've sort of landed on this thing when we talk about queer people in media where it's like we will celebrate queer people and body positivity if they are fabulous. If yes. they're out there and they're confident and they like have it all together and they're like serving looks and all that that sort of energy. Yeah. But that's not the same as showing up for queer people and queer bodies when, you know, we're not in those moments. Yes. And so I would point people to their work to have a more nuanced discussion about, like, what it means to really be an ally to different types of queer bodies and different types of queer presentation. Mm, that's great. Yeah, I love that. I think I just want to offer a blessing to the folks out there that feel like however they their body looks and however they present, the folks that don't feel queer enough no matter what they look like. Because I hear a lot from from listeners of our show that want to know, like, I am part of this community, but I don't know how to signal that I am. And almost every time I end up responding with, you're, you're, you're fine the way you are. It's the people that are making you not feel queer enough that's the issue. And so just a blessing for everybody out there that's like that, that's feeling that way, 
I guess. I love that. Okay. We are going to wrap up this incredible conversation. Thank you all so much for doing this intro to our queer bodies discussion. There's so many different parts of this that I want to chase after now in further episodes, Mm -hmm. but thank you both. And do you have anything that you want to point the family to like of your own work? I mean, obviously we're going to push Nancy. We want everyone to listen to Nancy if they're not already, but is there anything else that you both love as resources or something or your own outside work you want to point people to before we say goodbye? Listen to the podcast, follow us on Instagram and Twitter if you want to. <laughs> um, what else? Anything else? I don't think so. I don't know. Kathy's dog has a great Instagram account. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Bowie dog under, underscore because Bowie dog is taken. Oh, my God. Following immediately. <laughs> okay. Link to yeah. the show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, She's great. <laughs> thank you both so much for coming on the show. I'm so glad that we're our friends and I value you guys a lot. Thank you. Same. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Bye. And that's our show. She's All That was created by me, Sophie Carter-Khan, and the iconic April K. Quio, who is on a break this season. You know what she said to me the other day, though, was... Shout out to Peppa oh Pig, the, icon, the body positive icon. so many good Peppa Pig beams this week. Queen, queen. Okay. We are an independent production. If you'd like to support the work we do, you can join our Patreon by visiting patreon.com slash she's all fat pod. When you pledge to be a supporter, you'll get all sorts of goodies and extra content. Be sure to check out the show notes for links to the stuff we mentioned today. And don't forget to send us your questions via email or voice recording to FYI at she's Please make sure to leave us a review on Apple podcasts. It's super important in making sure people find the show. If you leave us a review on Apple podcasts, we'll give you a shout out on the pod next week. Our theme music was composed and produced by Carolyn Pennypacker Riggs. Our website was designed by Jesse Fish and our logo is by Britt Scott. This episode was co-produced and edited by Maria Ortel. Our junior producer is Lynn Barbera. Our lovely, amazing new interns are Freya Salander and Yelly Cruz. I am our host and co-producer. Our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter handles are at She's All Fat Pod. You can find the show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, and wherever else you get your podcasts. Bye. And then I had a wrap with turkey and egg whites and Swiss cheese and avocado and an iced coffee. What's the difference, Toby, between a burrito and a wrap? Oh. Uh, beans. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Is it just the health benefits? It's beans. I don't know. Oh, Maybe, beans. yeah, yeah. Beans. Okay, then I did not have a burrito. I had a wrap. <laughs> Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.